This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Money Pit is presented by Omaha Steaks, Dice Coatings, and Owens Corning. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On a beautiful spring day, I am so inspired to get outside now that we are sort of stuck between spring and summer to tackle those projects I want to get done before it gets really hot outside. i got a couple on my to-do list. And I got to tell you, the weather just inspires me to find more projects. Last weekend, we were out doing some work on the yard, on the garden. And uh, I guess it was getting to be about four o'clock. And I'm like, I was still like wanting to do more. And I looked over at this chair that I had built many, many years ago. Uh, that was like, um, like an Adirondack kind of chair. And it had been stained. It was looking a little faded. I'm like, I'm going to paint that chair. So now I have a beautiful gray chair to match my gray patio set. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I just get inspired by, by days like this so that we can really get a lot of stuff done. And if you've got stuff to get done and you've got questions, we are here to help. You can first help yourself by going to moneypit.com slash ask. That's moneypit.com slash ask. Coming up on today's show, here's a question. Do you love your dog, but maybe not so much as having to get up in the middle of the night to let the dog out? Well, we're going to have some tips on how to install a pet door that your pet can actually open, close, and even lock itself without the need for human intervention or the risk of unwanted wildlife using that very same entry. All right, that's smart. <laughs> and also ahead, have you noticed cracks, holes, or pitted concrete surfaces, but you're hesitant to make those repairs because of, you know, the hassle factor? Well, we're going to share a new product that makes it super simple. And sometimes we think that home improvement projects, and especially maintenance projects, can take a long time. Well, we're going to share three 30-minute home improvement hacks that can help you save time, money, and energy, and get your space looking great. But first, we want to know what you want to know. So reach out to us with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Debbie in Ontario's on the line has a question about concrete. What's going on? Um, my question to do with concrete is that we we had a cement porch and patio um, okay. attached to the back of the house. We had to have a large portion of that, like the pat, the porch for sure, and a large portion of the patio removed because we had um, our, around our foundation dug. New cement was poured, the porch first, and then the patio was replaced. What happened is within about four days or so, it, like they did the cuts the next day after the pour, but a few more days after that we noticed two cracks came in the two cement pads that butt up against the porch. And left and right side, the crack goes diagonally across the pad. Just we're kind of wondering, 
um, the, the contractor saw what happened, and he's sick about it, and we were just wondering if there's anything that can be done without having to remove those two large pads of cement that attach to the house and go through all that jackhammering and all that again. So these pads, is this like a stoop that you say they lead up to the porch? Are these like parts of sort of the sidewalk? The patio and then the porch is the only thing that's higher than the patio. So the patio is level okay. with the cement driveway and then the porch mm-hmm. is up from that. So it's on the patio itself. And that's where the crack is through the patio? Yeah, the patio. So the two cement slabs that are on either side of the porch, and the cuts that were made in the cement come up to the corner, the outside corner of the porch on either side, but then you know how they okay. can't cut but right these are Okay, so, so you're talking about a patio, and you're talking about two cement slabs that are opposite ends of the porch, so I'm having a real hard time, as I'm sure others listening are too, trying to figure out what this is all about, but it sounds to me like you've got slab-on-grade sections, right? Mm-hmm. And you're calling that a patio or a pad. Mm-hmm. And you have the correct. porch section. The porch seems correct. to be fine. Is that correct? Correct. And Okay. So I would think that um, the, the soil underneath uh, the patio areas um, would need to be especially well compacted before those slabs were poured. Because considering the amount of demolition that had to have happened, I suspect that that soil outside the porch area would not have been compacted. And that would have been really key to make sure that those slabs don't crack. Um, the reason that they're cracking is probably because there is some compaction that happened based on the weight of the concrete and the drying and such, and and that's why they're cracking now. Now, can you do anything about it? Well, whatever you do about it is going to be cosmetic, not structural. If Also, if that concrete was not reinforced, that's another reason that it would crack. There's ways to put concrete in that's just plain concrete, And then there's other ways that you could do it where it's reinforced. So if it wasn't reinforced correctly, that could be another issue. But there's nothing that you can do to repair it structurally at this point. You're always going to have a crack. So, you know, what you could do is seal that crack. There are special uh, caulk-like, it's not caulk, but it's a caulk-like product that's designed to seal concrete. Um, But you're always going to be looking at that crack unless you resurface the whole uh, patio section. And again, there are products that are designed specifically for that that will stick to the old uh, concrete slab, which is actually pretty new in your case, and perhaps cover the, the crack. But that crack's always going to be sort of the place where the patio decides to expand and contract in the seasons. So mm-hmm. I do suspect you'll always see some part of it. So you either live with it and uh, repair it cosmetically or just have it torn out and re-poured. I mean, a slab itself is not that big of a deal to get out. You know, it seems like a big deal, big deal, but frankly, they break up pretty quickly. Uh, oh. And then, again, key is making sure that that base is properly compacted and properly tamped and that the slab is properly reinforced. And if that's done right uh, with the right concrete mix, this should not have happened. Okay. It would, would it be all right even just to replace, like cut out maybe two feet along that slab and make like just take out the, the corner square of it? You're going to have you're going to have that be separate slabs now. It depends on whether or not you want to see that. It's always going to be a cut. So no, probably not, unless you want to make it an expansion joint and have it be completely separate, you know, pieces of concrete. Okay, very good. All right, good luck with that project. Sorry that happened to you, and thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right, and according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. 
Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Richard in Tennessee is on the line and has an interesting question involving an antique soda machine. Tell us about it. Well, I bought an antique soda machine that actually worked, and I uh, wanted to put the old quarter in and slide the bottle out, but I took it and put it in the garage, plugged it in, and as soon as the compressor kicked on, it tripped the GFCI breaker, or the GFCI circuit on the plug. So I reset it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't stay reset. Well, that is totally expected because refrigerators, when they kick on, have a very big draw of current, and that's necessary to get them going, and then it kind of goes down after that. But refrigerators are not supposed to be installed on ground fault circuits, and as a result, yours is going to keep tripping as it has. So your uh, proper solution would be to run a circuit just for that machine, and if it's just for that machine, it does not have to be ground fault protected. The reason uh, it's ground fault protected, uh, the circuit in the, in the in the garage is ground fault protected, is because it's a wet location. But for a dedicated uh, service to one machine, it would not have to be. You'll have to have an electrician do that. I would not, you know, disconnect the current ground fault because that covers the rest of the outlets in the garage, and it could even cover outside outlets or bathroom outlets. Sometimes uh, that circuit uh, can wind its way through the house. But uh, I would put in a dedicated outlet just for that machine, and then the problem should go away. Thank you very much. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I mean, that sounds kind of fun to have that in the house. It does, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like everything, you think, I got the machine, I'm good to go, I got to just plug it in. Ah, not so quick. There's other expenses <laughs> to making sure it works right. When that <laughs> machine was common, you know, you didn't have to worry about ground faults because we didn't have them yet. So right. Never had the issue. But today we do. <laughs> they were so far more dangerous then. <laughs> yeah, now you got to add the circuit. <laughs> Do you love learning about home improvement on our podcast? Well, we love bringing you all the latest tips and tricks. And if you want to make us smile, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Now we've got Joan in Missouri on the line who needs some help building a habitat for some furry friends. What's going on? Uh, I'd like to put an enclosed space on the back of my house for my cat. Uh, not with a solid roof, but with like a wire roof. Okay. But the issue is that it's going to be um, 24 by 22, and wow. I don't know. I've built small things, but I'm not sure how to span something that wide because mm. I don't want the uprights in the middle. You must have a really important cat. <laughs> You're making over 400 square feet of space for that cat. Is that right? Well, the idea is it's going to just enclose the patio. I see. And okay. then it, I haven't poured the patio yet. Um, I see. Well, look, I mean, anything that big is qualifies as an addition. It's not just a, a pen or a patio. I mean, this is a pretty significant addition. So my first question is uh, whether or not you're impacting any zoning laws uh, in your town that would uh, limit what you can do. 
Now, no, gonna... we, we have very low limits here. All right, you have very low limits, okay. But at the same time, you want to make sure that uh, whatever you put in in terms of the patio can support the structure. So you say you want to enclose it, uh, and I presume since it's an open roof, you don't ever want to heat it. Is that right? Right. You said it would be open, but you're not going to have any rain protection over it? No. Well, what kind of roof structure are you thinking about? I'm thinking like hardware cloth. I, I just want something that will keep, like, birds, obviously, out and... uh you know, wildlife, stray cats, that sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me if you're going to build something that's 22 by 24, that's a pretty big construction project. I'd put a roof on it at the same time because who knows, maybe somebody who buys your house in the future would love to have an enclosed patio and would, you know, be particularly important that, that have a roof at the same time. Um, because anything that you put anything that you put on there in terms of, you know, cloth or temporary is just not going to last very long. And, and frankly, it won't be tough enough to keep uh, birds and insects from nesting it. Well, no, har- hardware cloth is like um, large, large square screen wire. Yeah, no, I know, what, I know what you're talking about, but I'm just yeah. thinking that uh, you're going to have to put st- to have something that's that span. Like if it's going to be say 22 foot off your house, you have to have mm-hmm. some sort of a structure to support that. You can't the 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 hardware cloth or whatever you use is not going to just sit by itself. It's going to have to have kind of like a roof structure, a roof rafter. Structure. Right. That, so that's, that's what I'm. I'm. I don't know how to do. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a, it's a good question because it's actually a lot of work to do that. Um, first of all, what, um, is this a one story house or is it a two story house? Yeah. Yes, one become? story. One story. So that those beams, those rafters to have any kind of slope to them, um, would have to start up way high on the roof. And this means you have to intersect them with your existing roof. This is, um, a big project and it's not something I think you should take on lightly, but anything of that, that size is a, is an awful lot of work. And I think you would be. I wasn't going to do it myself i was going to have my sons do it but i would have to be the one to design it and tell them what you know how to do it and but you don't have the skill set to do that so no. i think you would <laughs> you would be wise to get some professional help at least on the layout and the specs for this because uh, there's a lot of changes you know a lot of decisions that have to be made and and most of the time if you tackle something like this i can just tell you i've seen it time and time again if you tackle something like this and it's not done well, it is going to devalue your house. It is going to be an eyesore. It's going to be a maintenance headache, and people are going to be really turned off by it if you ever want to sell. So I, I would see. put the time and the effort into it to design a nice, solid roof patio space. You can have it uh, furnished if you want. You can let the cats in there. You keep the water out. You know, you could even think about heating it at some point in the future or cooling it. But I would not do it, uh, you know. But this is pretty much a professional project. It really is a professional project. Of that size, yeah, that's a professional project. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So are you tired of hearing your door being scratched constantly by the dog in the middle of the night? Well, having a pet door for your dog or your cat can put that to rest. So how do you go about making this happen? Well, you got to plan this out before you start cutting or your pet might not be the only one getting a new door. So <laughs> there's a bunch of options for locations. You can use pre-made pet doors. They're designed to be installed in any door, a back door or a back deck or a patio slider or a garage door or even an exterior wall. You're going to want to be careful to position it with access to a secure, like, fenced-in area because once Fido gets out the door, of course, you don't want to let him roam the neighborhood. And make sure you purchase the right size door. You want to measure your pet at the shoulder and then add two inches to determine the height of the door. Otherwise, your dog's not going to be able to fit through it. 
Yeah, and now you also need to think about the type of door and the material that it's made of. So for dogs that like to chew, a bite-proof door is definitely the one you want to go with. Another advantage of this advanced construction is its higher energy efficiency as compared to those thinner models that are available. Now, if you have a glass sliding door, there are pet door inserts. Those are going to be the most convenient because they don't require a storm or a screen door to be open for the dog to get access. However, it's generally not the best for hot or cold weather as it provides virtually zero insulation. Now, a door flap is the most common style of dog doors, so some models come with sliding panels. This type of dog door is more energy efficient as it keeps extreme heat or cold from coming in. And another advantage is that the sliding type dog doors can be locked, thereby keeping your pets in and trouble out. So it's interesting. you got to think about how adaptable is your dog to the scenario. You know, it's like you want to get them to use it because that would be so amazing to be able to sleep through the night. And a lot of these smart home doors have an electronic uh, fob that goes on the dog's collar. So as the dog approaches the door, the dog door unlocks, which is kind of cool, right? Because this way, right, this way when the dog comes back in, it locks sort of behind the dog. And you are not at risk of having a, you know, a potential opening uh, to your house pretty much all the time. That gives me Home Alone vibes where you get the person to call the dog over to the door and then the dog door opens. And then they walk in. (laughs) Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
Doug in Rhode Island is on the line with a question about a plumbing product called the Shark Bite. Tell us what you're working on, Doug. Yeah, I'm in the process where I'm planning to change my two outside faucets to the type that uh, where the actual shut-off is like a foot within the house, inside the house, to avoid having to shut down everything in the winter uh, because it'll drain from a foot inside the house. I'm not sure what they call that mechanism, but I'm, I'm thinking rather than have to deal with soldering any pipes in tight quarters, I'm thinking of using the shock bite product that uh, eliminates any soldering. And so I basically want your opinion on that. Yeah, that's a push-to-connect fastener. And basically, you press it on one end of the pipe, and you press the pipe into the other end, and it makes a permanent watertight seal. You know, it's a very popular product for that reason, because you don't have to solder. And if you think about it, a lot of times when you do install hose bib valves, that's basically what you're talking about here. You want a hose disconnect inside, say, the floor structure of your basement, for example, or crawl space. That's a tough spot to have to crawl into or reach up into and solder. You're right near the wood floor choice. It's potentially unsafe. So I think the shark bite is a perfect a tool for that or perfect product for that. And by the way, if you mess up, you can take them apart. There's a special tool that you need. It's um it's called a tong and it's and it's shaped so that it slips into the shark bite connection and releases the mechanism that holds the pipe and then you can take it apart. And uh, it's only a few dollars, and I'm sure that if you did enough of this, you'd want to pick one up <laughs> because nobody's perfect every day. Does it just work forever or does it wear out somehow? Not that I've heard or? of. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like the Chinese finger puzzle, but oh, yeah, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once you press the pipes together, you can't really get them apart. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a... I know they were, you know, maybe a little more pricey than using solder and fittings, but it seems like a more practical application, and as you mentioned, being in a tight spot. Yeah, and a lot less expensive than a house fire. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate your time. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've noticed that your concrete walks, your driveway, the patio, or even the garage floor is looking bad from some cracks, holes, or even just pitted surfaces, but you're kind of hesitant to make those repairs, there's a new product out that takes the hassle out of restoring those concrete surfaces. Yep, it's called Rock Patch, and it was developed by the experts at Dice Coatings. With us to talk about that is Peter Dice. Welcome, Peter. Good day to you both. Thank you. You know, this is the kind of repair that almost everyone needs, but rarely does because of what I call the hassle factor of kind of mixing <laughs> up the typically dusty patching material, worrying if it's going to stick. What I like about this product is it's totally ready to go right out of the can, correct? Exactly. I mean, it's not like you're you're trying to whip up your own special soup uh, in a bucket with water. It's already ready to go. You just pop open the can and uh, slather it on and fill and fix and uh, resurface, do whatever you need to do, and it's it's instantly ready to go. It's pre-mixed. I love the exactness of the instructions, Leslie. Slather. Slather it on. We all know what that means. <laughs> <Of> <laughs> I liked the idea of mixing it like a soup. I was like, oh, I don't have to add anything. I get it. The thing about concrete, of course, as you know, is, yeah, I mean, when you have to mix powder with water, you know, the questions in your mind are always, am I using too much water? Am I using enough? And, of course, as soon as you mix those things together, the clock is ticking, and you need to work with it quickly. 
Whereas with Rock Patch, you have an almost unlimited amount of time to get it where you want it. And at that point, you let it dry and you let it do its thing, and then it becomes hard and very rock-like. Yeah, i got to say that of all the times that I've seen um, patches done in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector, and I see these patch attempts done to deal with cracks and pitted surfaces, so often people are not even using the right product. They think that they can repair concrete with more concrete or more mortar, and that just doesn't stick. It doesn't join. It doesn't bond to the surface. You need a product that's designed as a patch, and that's what Rock Patch does. Now, this is actually a polymer stone formula, so it gets really hard when you put it on. In this way, it has the same durability or similar durability to, to concrete. Can you, at that point then, Peter, can you paint it or treat it in other, any other way? That's exactly right. So basically, you can use this in two ways. You can either use it as something where you can fill cracks or little holes or or pitting in a surface in an isolated area, or you can literally resurface the surface. So let's say you want to do your garage floor, and you've had salt coming down off the bottom of your car for years, and that floor is pitted. Well, you can clean the floor you can resurface uh, with rock patch using a floor squeegee, and you get a nice, smooth, uh, almost new concrete-like surface, which is perfect for an epoxy or any kind of decorative coating, whatever you like. Same goes for surfaces outdoors, pool decks, walkways, you name it. And you can leave it as a standalone. So if you like a nice, gray, dolphin-like, soft surface you can apply it and just seal it the next day and rock patch is your finish if you want to do something over top be it any kind of paint you're good to go because you don't have a lot of texture and flaws transmitting through the top of your finish everything is smooth everything's ready to go and everything is solid well i'm so glad you guys developed this product because i tell you what it is badly needed now rock patch comes in one and three gallon containers and you can reseal it and save it for future projects, which is also an advantage of the product. It's available at DeichCoatings.com and soon to be found at Home Depot and Lowe's. Peter Deich from Deich Coatings, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. Well, Father's Day is coming up, and if the dads in your life love steak, well, there's a great deal happening right now at omahasteaks.com. You can score $30 off of your qualifying order by using the promo code MONEYPIT. That's right. So go ahead and pick that up, a pack of those tasty bacon-wrapped filet mignons or really any of their gourmet grillables, and get $30 off your order at omahasteaks.com with the promo code MONEYPIT. Selena in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Last week, I had estimates done on my home to have all my drain pipes replaced. Why did you do that? My house was built in 1944, and we've had some trouble here lately with clogs and everything, so I just decided to go ahead and replace all the drain lines. Is that because you're getting roots and that sort of thing in the pipes? I don't think there's roots in them, no, because we've had the, the pipe from the house back to the drain replaced already this is just the inside pipe and they're old and yes we have had a couple of them to rupture so i just decided to get them all replaced however today my son told me that all of that is useless if i don't get the main line coming into the house replaced also and i wanted to see what your take was on that well we're talking about two different types of pipes you're talking about drainage pipes versus supply pipes and the supply pipe that comes into the house may or may not need to be replaced the questions I would have for you is, what's the pipe made out of? 
and are we having any problems with it? Now, in an older house, you may have the original steel plumbing, steel main water pipe coming into the house, which if the house was built, did you say the 40s? Right. That's a super old pipe that definitely is in, at risk of breaking. Okay, great. So when they come back out to do my plumbing, because they're doing it in two weeks, I need to ask them to look at the pipe. and yeah. me, Because none of the people that gave me estimates even mentioned it's bad. Well, I would take a look at that, and typically in a house, you don't replace the drain pipe. So I'm a little surprised that you're doing that. Typically, in an older house with steel pipes, you end up replacing the supply pipes. And you do the horizontal pipes first because they're the easiest to access, and you do the vertical pipes to go up through the walls last because they're the hardest to access, and you can do it in stages. The first step of a steel pipe conversion is to do the main. Uh, the second one is to do all the horizontals in the basement crawl space, and the third is to do the verticals. And so typically that's that's what you do in a house that has that kind of plumbing. Um, you mentioned you've had some problems with clogging with the drain pipes, but that's pretty unusual. And I actually have never heard of anyone wanting to replace drain pipes. Typically they replace supply pipes. So you might want to get a second opinion on this and not just uh, take the opinion of the plumber that wants the work. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Selena. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, some home improvement projects are fun, but others you just want to get done as quickly and inexpensively as possible, which is where hacks can help. Here are three easy ones that can be done in 30 minutes or less. Now, the first one is something you probably never thought of unless you had a major water leak and didn't know how to turn that water off. And it's simply this, label water valves. Imagine that a pipe broke in your ceiling and water is now leaking through every electric light fixture onto your brand new carpet or kitchen or whatever. Got that mental picture? Well, <laughs> you can stop it quickly if you locate and label every important water valve in your house, including and maybe especially the main water valve, the hose valves, the ice maker valve, and the water heater valve. If that sort of unthinkable level of leak ever really did happen, you'd now be all of maybe 30 seconds away from stopping a major flow of water. All right, now here's another hack, you guys, stopping toilet leaks. Now, toilet flush and fill valves can break down over time, and that can waste a ton of water. A running toilet or one that kind of ghost flushes all by itself, that means it needs some new valves. Now, another easy way to tell if your flush valve leaks is to add some food coloring to the toilet tank. Then wait about 30 minutes and go and check the bowl. If that food coloring has leaked into the bowl, that means that flush valve is leaking and should be replaced. Now, these are jobs that can be easily done in less than 30 minutes and for only a few bucks. So definitely a do-it-yourself project. And finally, you know, exercise is good for you, but it also turns out that exercise is also good for your circuit breakers. So here's what you want to do. About every six months, turn each breaker off and back on again. And once a month, Push the test button on any GFCIs, the ground fault circuit interrupters that you have, to make sure they stay flexible and strong, just like you, after a good workout. If you'd like some more 30-minute home improvement projects, check out 30 Under 30 on MoneyPit.com. Kenton, Kansas, you've got the Money Pit. What is going on at your house? I have a vent that um, seems to maybe be, you know, have some conversation or whatever. Uh, but I've got some stains on my bathroom ceiling, and I I have tried to spray the you know the ceiling stain to fix it, but it continues to be a problem. And I wonder how do I you know what do I have to do up in the attic to take care of that? Now I do have a furnace up in the uh, up in the, uh, in the attic area, 
So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I think it's associated with a bathroom vent. Well, typically when you get a ceiling leak in a bathroom, it's caused by the plumbing vent where it exits the roof because all bathrooms are going to have a vent pipe that go up. It's about three inches wide and it goes up from the bathroom through the roof and there's a rubber boot around the pipe that seals the water out. But the problem is that the rubber boot isn't nearly as durable as the shingles around it and the sun beats on it and the UV rays start to break it down and then you'll get like a gap around the pipe. And then the water, when it rains, kind of hugs the pipe, works its way down the pipe. It will drip off or find another route and end up somewhere in the vicinity of the bathroom ceiling. So that would be the very the most common type of bathroom leak. It wouldn't be the vent, the, va- the bathroom fan, although, I mean, it's possible, but it's probably not it. It's more likely the plumbing vent flashing. So I would take a look at the outside from the roof, identify where that pipe is coming through the roof, and see if the plumbing vent flashing is deteriorated. If it is, easy fix. You take a couple of shingles off, put a new piece of flashing on, retack it back in place, and you're good to go. Once you've eliminated the leak, then what you can do is spray that stain with a little bit of a bleach and water solution. Uh, let it, you know, rinse it off, wipe it dry. And then I want you to, to prime the entire ceiling with a solvent-based primer. So oil-based or alkyd-based primer, because that's the only thing that will seal that black in. And then you could put whatever top color you want on top of that, and that could be latex, okay? Is something, is something like a Kills product? Is that what yep, you're talking about? that's exactly right. Yep, Kills would be fine. All right, that's what I've been using to take care of the stain, but it continues, and so I think the base All right, well, if it's, listen, if it's continuing, the Kills product you're using, is it the water-based or is it oil-based? I believe it's uh, oil-based. How, how are you cleaning your brushes? Are you cleaning the brushes with water, or are you cleaning them with uh, mineral spirits of turpentine? I am using a spray can. Oh, it's in a spray can? Yes. It's probably the alkyd. I would get a little quart or, or pint can of the oil-based kills. You can put it on heavier that way. Okay. Uh, and, and just enough to do that ceiling. All right? And that'll make a difference. It actually looks like it's cracking. Is it? Is it to the point where I'm going to have to repair the drywall? Well, what's cracking? Is there a, a seam that's cracking? Yeah, and the ceiling right in the very center of where the stain uh-huh. is. Right. Is, a, is a small crack, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost afraid to touch it for fear that I'm going to put my finger all the way through it. Well, if that's the case, you better find out now, not later. So, yeah, I would poke around a little bit, but a little bit, a small crack in drywall is not a big deal. Just Google plumbing vent flashing. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Thanks for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Jessica wrote into Team Money Pit, and she says, We have squeaking subflooring in our hallway upstairs. We've had the carpet pulled back, and we're ready to make the floor squeak repair by putting screw nails through the subfloor into the joists. How long should this screw be? You know, squeaking floors can be obviously very annoying, uh, and they happen for a number of reasons. But most commonly, it's because the subfloor gets loose. And that flooring, when the home is built, is often put down with a type of nail that is called a cooler. And the reason it's called a cooler is because it's coated with rosin. And the idea is that when the carpenter drives the nail, the friction melts the rosin, which theoretically helps the nail stick and not back out. The problem is that it doesn't work all the time. And when those nails do back out or when the boards loosen, because you have rosin on the nails, it makes a terribly annoying sound, right? So the way to fix this, and you've already are partway there because you've got the carpet pulled up, is to screw down that subfloor with not nails but screws. And you would use 
Typical uh, drywall screws or case-hardened screws, you're going to want to use about four or five screws across the width of a four-foot piece of plywood, and you want to use two-and-a-half-inch screws because these are going to go down through the subfloor and well deep into the floor joists, and that's going to kind of lock that down. Just remember that subfloor is installed in 16-inch centers, which means you're going to need about mm, 28 or so screws per sheet of subfloor. The good news is that it can be easily installed with a drill driver. You're certainly not doing this by hand. Just be sure to screw down every single sheet because you know as soon as you drive that last screw put the carpet back, you're going to find another squeak. <laughs> that is true. You're just chasing it. So good luck there, Jess. Well, it's the classic Groundhog Day moment. You get out your tools, you fix a problem, and a very short time later, it's got to be done again. Leslie has tips to help you stop the how-to deja vu on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, fixing that same problem over and over again is for sure a drag. But addressing the root cause and doing the job properly, you can bring an end to those vicious cycles. So the next time you see some peeling paint, don't just go and slap another coat on top of it. Instead, strip away that old paint with a paint scraper or a chemical. And then, here's the key, guys, apply a primer before you apply that top coat. That primer is really going to be what makes it stick for good. Now, if your basement seems to spring a leak every time you fix the last one, there's a good chance that the real issue is poor drainage. Now, you want to grade your soil away from your home's foundation and then make sure those gutters release water at least four to six feet away from those exterior walls because that's just going to give you a much sort of drier perimeter to the entire house and then that's going to keep your basement drier. And finally, put away that caulk gun once and for all. If the caulk between your shower tiles keeps cracking or breaking, Fill the bathtub with water before you fill in that caulk one final time. It's the weight of the water. That's what causes the gap to expand. And so it's opening up that gap you need to fill. Then you fill it with the caulk. You sort of let it set. Then you drain the tub and it kind of shrinks back up. So now when the tub is full of water or even if you're just standing in it to take a shower and it sort of stretches out again, that caulk is going to stay in place. So these are some tips of the trades that you can definitely go ahead and fix these problems once and for all. Super helpful. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, if your home happens to sit on a busy road or next to maybe some noisy neighbors, you may find that getting a little peace and quiet is a challenge. We're going to share ways to reduce noise outside through the installation of some very strategic landscaping on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 